You're listening to the Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Hello, everyone. You're listening to another episode of The Print Life Podcast, and today I'm going to be sharing a question that was asked by one of our members in The Print Life Membership. And it's a question that that I think applies to so many designers and would be a really important one to cover in terms of clarification around the differences between being a freelance designer, a boutique studio owner, and the pros and cons of each when it comes to pitching your work to clients. So a really great question was asked in our private group for the Print Life membership. And I really wanted to share it with you guys today. I think it will offer so much clarity to any of you that have been uncertain about which direction you want to go, which path you want to take, and basically the pros and cons of where to put your work or how to pitch your work and how to move forward. Because there are so many options to us that it can be very overwhelming when whether we're just getting started in surface pattern or print design, or we've been in it a while and we're just trying to streamline things or pare down different collections of work and try and have multiple revenue streams, it can be overwhelming. And something that we talk about a lot in the membership is kind of focusing on one area at a time. So this may offer you enough clarity to decide where you want to spend your time and attention for now before you know, adding in that secondary revenue stream or third revenue revenue stream or how even to go about having those alternate revenue streams, right? So the question that was asked was all around offering a little bit more clarification and insight when it comes to being a freelance designer versus a boutique studio representing yourself, your own prints, and whether or not one might be more acceptable than the other when it comes to pitching companies and how companies feel when working with a freelance designer versus a studio. So I really wanted to offer as much value and insight as I can here because it was a really important question to ask. First, I want to talk about big picture vision before we even get into kind of the pros and cons of all the options, right? Because the question is basically asking, do you feel if I was a boutique studio that clients would be more willing to talk to me versus if I was a freelance designer? And the real big picture question here is that depends on your big vision and the vision that you have for your business. Do you want to be a studio? Do you want to be a designer? Do you want to be known for your own name and build brand Or do you want to represent other designers? Do you want to manage a bigger business or do you want to keep things pretty small? How many hours a week do you have available to you? What is your big picture vision, right? I knew for me, I knew I wanted a studio. It had nothing to do with whether or not clients would be more willing 
to buy from me if I was on my own or if I was a studio or if I was representing others. I wanted to be a studio for very specific reasons. And there were no doubts in my mind that that was the direction I was headed. Even though I was a designer, I had freelance clients. I loved designing prints, but my superpower, my calling is more to do with trend forecasting, supporting other designers, being able to see um, unique qualities and designers that I know are going to work really well with very specific clients. And I think that that's just what I am good at. So I wanted to nurture that and move forward with that. And that meant for me, that meant being a studio. Now, the difference between being a boutique studio, which I kind of started calling my studio boutique studio a while back because I was kind of a smaller version. I was not a brick and mortar. I did not have an in-house team. We weren't trying to keep up with the big studios. So for me, I created a vision of what I wanted and what I wanted that to look like and how I envisioned my business running, what I needed from it, what I could give to it. And I created that. I created into a vision that I saw for my life and my work. So I think it's the important question to ask yourself here is, do you want to run a studio or not? Do you want to represent your own work or do you want to represent the work of others? Do you want to have to do your own market research, trend forecasting, and trend boards and deliver it to a team? Do you want to have to manage sales? Do you want to manage a bunch of sales reps? How big do you see this business? Or do you want to be a freelance designer who represents yourself? Do you want to be a boutique studio owner and it's just your work in your online shop and no other designers because you're building brand as yourself? In which case, the number of prints that you're developing each month might not be as high as a studio that, let's say, has 25 designers or 15 designers, you know? So there's so many things to think about. And I think it's most important to talk about big picture vision first. What is it you want? What is it you don't want? And making choices that serve that rather than making choices based on what you think you should be doing or what you think clients prefer. Because at the end of the day, you guys, if you're not doing what you want to be doing, you're not going to be led down a path that gets you closer to more of what you want. You're going to end up doing more of what you don't want to be doing. So first start with a big picture vision because what you want is possible. I created my own concept of a studio by calling it a boutique studio. I decided I was going to be fully digital. These were things that were not accepted when I first started out in this industry. I created what I wanted and I make it work for me and I make it work for my team. And if you have an idea of what you want, but it doesn't seem to be the norm or it doesn't seem to be what you see other people doing, that's okay. That can still work for you as long as the numbers make sense, as long as you're making sales, as long as you see the potential for growth and you're keeping track of things and you're staying focused and auditing and really treating it like a business and seeing those numbers and you're having your sales coming in, then you know that it works. But we don't know if something works or not until we try it, we test it, and we get that data after we test it. And then we rinse and repeat, right? Which is what I've been doing with my business for a long time. So when I started out, 
I was trying to do kind of what this question is asking. I was trying to be what all the other studios were being, and I was on my own. So I'll never forget the day that I got a Los Angeles sales rep and I had a New York sales rep and I was like, wow, this is really happening. So I was having my first meeting with my Los Angeles rep to hand off the collection to him and letting him know that when he was done, he's to ship it to New York. And then when they're done, they're going to ship it back to me um, or vice versa. We were trying to figure out like the logistics of everything, right? I would ship it to New York, New York would ship it to him and he would give it back to me when he was done. And I had about 15 designers at the time. We were doing about 250 to 300 new prints every month and a half, which was a lot for me to manage. I was doing design briefs for my team, printing to fabric. I was cutting up the fabric in the kitchen of my apartment in Culver City and putting the headers on and doing the inventory. And I was doing all this work. And I went to go meet with my LA rep. And I'm sitting in his living room. He gives me an espresso. We're chatting. And he said, you know, I think we could hit about 20 sales a month here in Los Angeles. And I said, that's great. So I do about 15 a month in New York. 35 sounds great. That I'm happy with that. Let's try. That worked for me because based on our our how much we were spending on printing and how much the sell-through was, I was keeping track of the number. I was auditing and then I would rinse and repeat. And I'm sitting there with him and he goes, so um, do you think your team can handle that? And I said, yeah, my designers. And he goes, yeah, so when do we get to meet the rest of your team? And I'm like, the designers, they're all remote. Like they don't work in house for me. And he goes, no, your team running the studio. And I said, oh, it's just me. And his assistant almost shot coffee like through his nose and they both started laughing at me. They could not, they did not believe me. They could not believe that I was doing this on my own and they thought I was crazy. And you guys, I I was, I was crazy (laughs) trying to do all this by myself. And this is when I started enlisting some help and I started hiring out a little bit of admin and having people come you know, cut up the fabric and put on the headers and getting a little bit of like an assistant in place. And then I realized, why am I trying to keep up with a brick and mortar studio that has an in-house team of 12 people? Why am I trying to be something I'm not? Why don't I do what works for me, make this business something that works for me and just go there instead of trying to do things that didn't feel right for me? So I often had to come back to that big picture vision and make sure that the choices I was making, the number of prints we were doing, the number of designers I was working with, the number of reps I have, how much I'm spending shipping things to Australia, to New York, and back to LA, so much money on shipping, and try and decide what I saw this business being. And really, as a big picture vision, I wanted a digital studio that did sales appointments Um, a little bit more infrequently just to keep the brand in place and keep those relationships strong, but not necessarily showing my collection every single month. So I ultimately created what I call a boutique studio where I was a little bit online. I was like 50% digital and 50% in-person appointments. And that really worked nicely for me. I never hired anybody to run the studio. I actually found Uh, a perfect printing place who does all of the cutting and headers 
and they do everything for you and then they ship it to you and everything's done. Everything's been cut. Everything's been sewn. All you need to do is lightly steam it and put the header on and you're done. So I made the business that I saw in my big picture vision. I made my business that business. So rather than asking yourself, what should I be doing? What are they doing? What's working for you? Ask yourself, what is it you want? What do you see as your big picture vision? And make choices based on that. And I promise you, if you do that, it will work out for you because you are working in alignment to the outcome that you want. And that is what's going to help you build confidence, help help you build consistency, and you truly will love what you do. And when you love what you do and you're putting your passion into what you do and everything's moving with some flow because you've built this thing that's working the way you want it to, that's when everything starts to really work well for you. And then you can really see where you can expand, where you can pull back, where you can put more time, where you can take more time from, and you can even add in other things. That's when you get to that point, you can start adding secondary revenue streams or even a third revenue stream, depending on what kind of a designer you are. So now that we've talked about the big picture vision being the most important part here, you guys, and understanding that whatever you want your business to be is what it can be. Okay. You don't have to look at what other people are doing to do what they're doing, but you can use it as a guide. You can use it as a framework. You can look to your favorite designers, studios, businesses, and use what they're doing as a framework, but make the tweaks and changes that suit your lifestyle, your needs, your aesthetic, your market. So now I'm going to cover the different types of studios and how they can benefit you. And as long as you're aware that if you try and do this yourself, meaning designing everything yourself as a studio, it could lead to burnout. So I'm going to cover all the different types of studios, how to avoid the burnout and how to utilize some of these options as a way to add other streams of income. Okay. So first I'm going to talk about like a large studio. So a brick and mortar studio, these studios are typically going to offer either an internship or an in-house position. They may offer you a freelance position, but I don't know if that means you're being paid per print you make or you're being paid per week, but everything you create would belong to that studio and you're kind of paid as a freelancer, right? Whereas when you work with a smaller studio, on the flip side, you're typically working on consignment. So that's a large studio. Large studio, you're going to be offered either an in-house position, an internship, or a paid freelance position. Now, with a smaller studio that doesn't have a brick and mortar, typically the opportunity with a smaller studio who works maybe digitally and shows collections on fabric maybe every couple months or a couple times per quarter, that is where you're gonna have an opportunity to work on what is called a consignment basis. This is where you are essentially your own business providing work for a small studio on consignment, meaning it temporarily belongs to the studio. They try and sell it on your behalf and you are paid only when something sells. But the beauty of this relationship is you get, oftentimes you get trend direction. You won't always get amazing feedback. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. Depends on how busy the studio is and what kind of feedback they offer you. But you will get design briefs. You get to contribute as you're able. 
you get to have a, another revenue stream. And then any work that doesn't sell over whatever period of time you've agreed to with that particular studio, you get your work back. So any work you design that doesn't sell is yours again. Whereas if you're designing for a studio, getting paid a flat rate or you're in house or you're an intern, I think oftentimes the work does not come back to you. I think it, it remains with that studio. I've worked in-house before as a freelancer and anything I made stayed there. It stayed there on their drives. It belonged to them. Anything I created during the time I was with them belonged to them. And depending on the contracts, you may or may not be able to design in the same industry for anybody else during your time with them. So those are some things to consider there. Now, pros and cons when it comes to pitching your work to clients would be, yes, bigger companies, department stores, bigger brands, runway designers are often more comfortable working with larger studios that have been around for a long time. They trust, you know, the copyright, the way that the paperwork's going to go, that those motifs and those prints are not being shown anywhere else, that they're exclusive rights and that they are protected, right? So oftentimes, Companies that have been around a long time that already have relationships established with larger studios, they're going to keep looking at those studios. They're going to keep buying from those studios because they have established that relationship and they feel a little bit safer. So there is a pro to quote unquote calling yourself a boutique studio because once you're a studio, you can establish yourself in the industry as a specialist in a certain area. Maybe you have an online shop. Maybe you show some on fabric, but yes, larger companies, department stores, bigger brands are more accustomed to looking at studios. So the pro of calling yourself a boutique studio would be that companies might be more inclined to look at your work. The con, however, and this will go back to your big picture vision, is how many prints do you want to be creating every month? Because oftentimes, if you're going to show in person, if it's going to be on fabric and you're going to make that expense of printing the fabric, printing the headers, shipping it to an agent, getting an agent, giving them a 30% cut, then you want to make sure you have enough work for it to be worth it. And a bigger client, a bigger brand, even reps and agents, they're going to want to know that if they're going to take the appointment, that they are going to have enough work to show. And the clients want to know that if they're going to take the time to pull their team into a room to sit down and look through a collection, that there's going to be more than a couple hundred prints there. So if you're a boutique, if you're a freelance designer who wants to call yourself a boutique studio and just show your own work, it's going to be more about the volume of work that you have. So I will say, if you are a freelance designer interested in working with bigger brands, department stores, and that's part of your big picture vision, and you want to build brand as a studio, as a boutique studio with your own work, going the boutique studio route is a really great way to begin building relationships as long as you know it's part of the big picture vision and that that is where you're going to focus your energy and time because you're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to put in the time, build the relationships, pitch clients, grow an email list, and then consistently sell to your list. And the more consistent you can be with showing new prints to your list, the more consistent your sales will be. 
So we have a lot of freelance designers who don't necessarily call themselves a boutique studio who do have online shops as well. So you can be a freelance designer who has an online store and pitches clients to come look at your store. But you would be doing this digitally. When it comes to printing the fabric again, taking those meetings, you're going to need to have at least two or 300 prints to take a meeting. So this is going to, again, go back to the big picture vision. Do you want to be printing the fabric? And if so, perhaps you want to run, you want to chat with a lot of different reps and agents to find the right fit because some agents and some reps will take small amounts from various freelance designers and then go show them all together to their clients. So they have a couple hundred prints from a wide variety of designers. So you could look into going that route or you could do what I did, which is I wanted to show my work, but I did not want to burn myself out trying to hit that 200 mark every month. So I brought other designers in with me under my studio name and had a goal of about 150 to 250 prints every two months from all of us. And then we would show all of our work together. So you can go that route of being a boutique studio who represents other designers to fill in the extra prints that you want to show. And what will end up happening in that case though, which is what happened with me, is you end up running the business. You end up doing the trend forecasting, the design briefs, the sales, the marketing, building relationships, building the list, going to trade shows, flying all over and maybe taking appointments with some of your bigger clients that you don't want to give up, you know, the 16 print sale to an agent by sending your agent to wherever the city is in the middle of a state, you know? So there are so many ways that you guys can piece together a business that works for you in the way that you see your big picture vision. So just to kind of recap, because I know that's a lot, large print studio, brick and mortar, right? Brick and mortar studios usually have their own sales team that shows for them, plus they have sales reps around the world, right? They usually attend all of the shows. And if you design for them, it will often be either an internship, a freelance position, or an in-house position. That's a brick and mortar, like a larger print studio. A smaller studio, or what I like to call a boutique print studio, can go two different ways. Either you're a freelance designer and you only want to show your own stuff, but you don't quite have enough work to be working with reps and agents all over the world where you're showing 200 or 300 new prints per month. So maybe you have an online shop where you're beginning to build brand as yourself. You're showing your own work, representing your own work, but you are establishing yourself in the industry as a specialist in your area and building connections and building relationships and building a client list so that over time you are viewed as a trusted studio, right? It may take a little bit longer because it's just your work. It may be smaller amounts of work, which is good. You do not want to burn out trying to keep up with a large studio. But because you are a boutique studio and it's your name on the work, right? 
then you're building that know, like, and trust factor with your clients. The other way you could go with a boutique print design studio is to represent your own work and the work of other designers. Or in my case, what happened over a course of 10 years running my small studio is now I'm solely the creative director. I do trend forecasting, design briefs, sales, marketing, list growth, PR, the web web development, all the things you can think of, all the hats we wear when we really think, I'm a creative director. No, I'm a creative director. I'm an accountant. I'm a salesperson. I'm a sales rep. I'm a marketer. I'm an admin. And I'm a web developer. (laughs) So those are the things that became how I drive my business. And it didn't really leave me any time for design. So my team my design team designs and I represent their work through my boutique studio. So those are the two different ways you can go with having a smaller studio. Now, having a smaller studio, there's two different ways that you can show your work. You can be fully digital and focus on the design, focus on your skills, focusing on being a specialist and sharpening those skills and just getting your work up online and building your list and communicating with your audience in that way so they get comfortable buying from you digitally. Or you can go where you just show in person and either with a rep or an agent or it shows, and this can be on fabric, or you can do a hybrid of the two. And ever since 2020, we've been fully digital. Maybe at some point I will again incorporate in showing on fabric, but for now, Digital works for me. It's low barrier of entry for any of you that are interested. It is low overhead and it allows your clients to see the work that you create in real time. When you are a designer or even a creative director of a studio and you have a new collection come in that you prep to print, send to the printer, wait for it to come back, you cut it up, you get the headers on, you book a time with your agent, you ship it to them, they book appointments. By the time your client sees it in that scenario where you're showing on fabric, a whole month might've gone by, a month or more. Whereas when you show digitally in an online shop, you can respond quicker to trends if that is the nature of the market that you're in. You can show clients new work that you're working on right away. And that turnaround time is a lot faster. Even delivering files of something that they may be looking for that they just saw on the runway, that can all happen a lot faster than the traditional way, which is waiting for everything to get on fabric, waiting for it to get in the hands of your agent, waiting for an appointment, and then getting them the file. So there are pros and cons no matter which way you do it, but there are ways to create hybrids and make it work for you and make it work with your big picture vision. But the key, no matter which way you do this, you guys, the key to viewing this, whether you want to be a freelance designer, find your main key clients, right? That you work with doing commissions, more one-to-one, more where you're helping them through the process. A lot of smaller brands love working with freelance designers because you can give them more time. You can give them more attention, right? Whereas with a studio, it's like you buy a print, we deliver the print and we're done. End of transaction, right? With a freelancer, maybe you help them with their CADs. Maybe you help them with scale and color and recolors or tweaking a print, right? So you have to decide, do I want to be a freelance designer, 
find my core clients, work with them, make sure I'm making enough every year with those core clients, and then decide if I want to add in another revenue stream or just keep doing that. Or you can decide to be a boutique studio where you're building brand under your own name and you have an online shop and you're going to grow that part of your business. Or you want to be a boutique studio that represents other designers. Or maybe you want eventually to have a brick and mortar, in which case you want relationships with sales reps and agents, and you need to be attending trade shows and building those relationships and building that list and printing the fabric and all the things, right? So, but no matter which path you take, you guys, what you want to keep in mind, the number one thing that is going to help you create consistent income, no matter which path you choose is number one, being in alignment to your big picture vision. But number two, less is more. And we talk about this a lot in the very beginning of the Print Life membership, which is the 80-20 rule. And that is probably about 80% of the work you do as a designer is going to be design. It's going to be research, designing, setting up the file, delivering the file, right? Or just creating batching motifs, getting the collection together, recoloring. 80% of what we do is design. 20% of what we do should be thinking about these things. Sales marketing, communicating with clients, growing your list, attending shows, building relationships, driving traffic to your online shop, putting things in your online shop or on other platforms or connecting with new clients. That's the 20% that you have to make sure you're doing because 20% is going to be responsible for 80% of your income. And that 80% of work you do is responsible for about 20% of your income. So let that sink in. The 80% of time that you spend every week on design is going to be responsible for 20% of your income. The 20% that you choose to put aside every week to focus on relationship building, growth, sales, marketing, selling the work that you've created. So many designers have work just lying around that they are not trying to sell. They're not trying to get into an email. They're not pitching it to clients. It's not in an online shop. It's not on another platform. It's just collecting digital dust somewhere, right? That 20% of putting in the effort of organizing the work you already have, getting it in front of buyers, getting it in an online shop, pitching it to a studio for them to sell on your behalf, whatever that 20% looks like for you that is sales, marketing, pitching, connecting with clients, growing the list is responsible for 80% of your income. This is called the 80-20 rule. I'm sure it's not an exact number, but it's very close. They've done studies. I have felt this to be true in my business and my mentor even takes it further and says that there is this 5% of activities that you do that's responsible for like 95% of your impact and the income that you make. And that 5% is even just having this conversation. It's listening to this podcast. It's taking action on what we're talking about here and looking at the way that you've been running your business and what you could be doing different to get your work that you probably already have done in front of the eyes of some buyers on a platform with an agent, on some fabric, in your online shop, in an email that you send out to the list of 20 people you have, whatever it is that's going to drive your sales, you will make more sales if you try to make more sales, 
get your work in front of more eyes, do whatever you need to do, sales and marketing strategies in place to grow your income. Now, whether or not you want to call yourself a freelance designer, a boutique studio, or a studio is up to you. But I will say, as soon as you use the word studio, clients have an expectation from you of a lot of work. If you call yourself a studio and you have like five new prints a month, clients are going to be a little bit frustrated. So we have to make sure that we're being very clear with our clients and that there's an expectation there on their end and that we're making sure that we're managing their expectations. And another option for you could be a collective with other designers, which is what we did at the print book, right? At the print book, we have seven small studios that don't really crank out 200 new prints every month. So we all come together with our smaller, more quality artwork, and we have more to offer our clients now. So when they come to our platform to shop, they get such a nice, beautiful variety of work from seven different studios. And I think that that has been one of the largest contributors to our success since the 20, since 2020 until now has been coming together. Collaboration over competition. It's about being there and supporting each other in that way and having one platform. And it's about keeping the clients first, their experience coming into that platform, their journey through that platform, what we offer them, the variety we offer them and being very aware of the markets that they're all in. When we think about our sales and marketing, we're consistent, we're always selling, and we are very um, curated about the way that we show work to make sure it's in alignment with what buyers might be looking for. So when we put the clients first, when we're strategic, and we're, we're consistently trying to make the sale, that's when we get the consistent income. That's when we start to see that 80-20 really working nicely together. And that's when it'll free up time for you to do other things that you want to do in your design career. Oftentimes we hear people kind of talking down on the idea of niching and doing one thing at a time. But I just want to be clear here, and we won't talk about niche today. I'll save that for another time because that's a whole other topic. But when we do focus on just one thing at a time, one type of client, one market, in one industry, in one way of going about our sales and marketing, and we are consistent and we are showing up for those clients and they can rely on us and we build the know, like, and trust factor, we'll start to see those consistent sales coming in. But it's all about consistency. It's about um, having boundaries with our clients building those relationships and showing up in a professional way. I hope this has been super helpful for any of you that have been on the fence about which direction to go, where to put your work, how many prints you should be creating per month, and all of those things. Um, It was a really great question, and I hope you guys found a lot of value here, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to see more sales, increase your client list, and build a sustainable business doing what you love, head over to lesliekenahan.com forward slash free training and let's work together. See you next time.